Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. everyone. Hello. Special treat for you today. Trisha and I are actually in the same location. So this may get a little crazier than usual. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> hey, we're so happy you have joined us for episode 14. Good goodness. I know I say that every time, but how <laughs> in the world have we done that many already? I know kind of crazy. Yeah. And this one, the topic comes from a lot of your questions. So we have been getting a lot of uh, questions about how do you manage a virtual or remote workforce? Uh, So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I am, as always, very excited (laughs) to talk about this topic. (laughs) However, before we get there, I want to do a little shout out. So we are in Chicago. Julie is teaching an internal investigations class. I am. And I am teaching an HR generalist class. So to our attendees here in Chicago, cheers. It was such a pleasure meeting you all. And thank you so much for attending our classes and having so much fun with us. Um, Really had a great time. Yes, we did. And our happy hour where we brought both classes together. Yeah, which (laughs) happened right before the taping of this podcast. So again, you're in for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, I have a second shout out. My second shout out is to my husband. Hey, baby. Thank you for supporting me. It is our 10th wedding anniversary today. So I just want to say to him, thank you so much for supporting me and all of my craziness. Or us, maybe I should yeah. say, in all of our craziness. Thank you, Will, for supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Happy so, anniversary. Thank you, my darling. Okay. All right. So let's get on with it. Okay. Before we get to the topic, of course, you know, we got to talk about the wine. Oh. So I was feeling fancy. And because we were going to be in the same location, I decided that we needed some French wine. So I got a white Bordeaux and a red Bordeaux. And I am sampling the white, and it is by Vindebodo uh, CCR, and it is a 2022 wine. And it is, I will just say, it is um, quite nice. It is uh, a very sort of medium wine. I don't mean that in a bad way, but it doesn't have like a super strong taste. It doesn't, it, but it doesn't feel weak either. It's just a very nice sort of steady wine. Uh, It's got a little bit of fruit flavor, not a lot of citrus, and it um, so far is just very pleasant. I love that. (laughs) So the one Julie picked for me, of course, is a red, and it's called Belarus. Which is really fun to say. It is so much fun to say. (laughs) From the Côte de Rhone region. Okay, I am not doing it with that French accent. <laughs> I know I can I can seriously hear my French exchange student when I was little trying to tell me, you know, like the R-H-O, I'm not saying correctly. But if I did, I'd spit all over the microphone. So not good. We appreciate that. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> so um, I actually love this. It's uh, 2021. 
I would agree with you. It's uh, not full, full-bodied in, in the mouth. It has that kind of a medium tone to it. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to say no, it. I like um, it. Yeah. And uh, I'm so far really enjoying it. I will describe maybe a little more of the flavors uh, at the end as we get it a little more into it because I've only had a couple of times. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So let's dive in. So we are uh, going again to talk about managing a virtual or remote workforce. And I think we're going to start with meetings, virtual meetings, because those are a struggle for a lot of people. You know, if you're the one running the meeting, oftentimes you are staring at a bunch of black boxes (laughs) (laughs) because people don't want to turn their cameras on and You know, you might ask a question or try to keep people engaged and all you get is Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Some people won't even get that reference, which is frightening. Oh my gosh, that is frightening. And as people who teach classes virtually, we told you we're in person teaching them this week. But as two people who teach classes virtually, imagine we're online seven hours at a time. Imagine trying to talk to black boxes for seven hours. Not going to happen. No. So when we tell you that we have some great ideas for you, this is because of experience. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one of your great ideas? My first one is setting expectations. Uh, Before we do our trainings, we send an email. And in that email, we let everyone know what our expectations are, that we are going to be this is the time frame. Mm-hmm. So yes, of course, ours is seven hours. But if yours is hopefully not seven <laughs> hours, right? <laughs> um, if it is, please reach out to us independently. We need to talk. Uh, <laughs> but we would want you to say, hey, everyone, we would like you to, or I would like you, depending on if you're hosting the meeting by yourself or with someone else, to have your camera on at all times. Our expectation is that you will participate, that you will have your camera on, and that you will be paying attention because we may have some fun stuff going mm-hmm. on throughout the meeting. Let them know what you want to talk about. Let them know how much time you think it's going to take. If there's anything you want them to prepare ahead of time, let them know that as well. Perfect. What do you think the next part is? So I think the next part is one of the things that often happens with virtual meetings is everybody just wants to get down to business because you typically, therefore, less time, you know, you have like an hour set up And uh, you have your agenda and we lose a lot of that stuff that happens when you're in person. So those little like, you know, you get to a meeting two minutes early and somebody's there and you look at them and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So making the time to actually check in and still have those personal conversations and those personal moments can keep people engaged or get them engaged in the first place uh, because it makes it more like the in-office experience. I really, really like that. Well, it's really important. And I've noticed that I was talking about that today. So again, as as we've mentioned, we're both in uh, teaching in-person classes right now. And I'm teaching an internal investigations class. And I recently just taught one virtually And the amounts of conversations that are happening between the participants and with me 
is exponential compared to what was happening on the virtual one. Because again, we just sort of have a tendency when we're virtual to not engage in those because there's a need and a desire to get off of that computer screen as fast as possible. True. (laughs) Yep. You know, so you got to kind of fight against that. Yeah. Could not say it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) So Trisha has some great ways of checking in with people or getting people to talk. So so (gasps) share if you do. Yes. (laughs) If you would share some of your um, like icebreakers that you use. Oh, okay. So yeah, Julie knows I'm a huge fan of icebreakers. Um, When COVID hit, obviously, uh, most of our meetings that we or classes that we teach went to virtual. And I decided, look, this is ridiculous. No one is bonding. No one's talking. No one's sharing. I need something to get them excited about this. And so I started doing icebreakers. And you guys are all familiar with these, right? My personal favorites. Can I share them? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So I love to ask people, and yes, everyone out there who's taken my classes that listen, you will recognize these. I love asking people, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Love it. Right? Mm -hmm. If you could be any animal, real or imagined, (laughs) what would it be and why? That's one of my favorites too. Uh What about this one? I was granted the power of teleportation. If I could transport you anywhere in the world, or maybe off world, real, imagined, forward in time, backward in time, where would it be and why? An Italian vineyard. Gosh, I think we all know why. (laughs) I think we do. I think we do. So notice that each one of those y'all said and Why? Because that's the personal part. What we're talking about doing with these icebreakers is creating those connections. You've heard Julie and I both say how many times? Probably a million at this point. All right. A little bit of an exaggeration, but people have forgotten how to human. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to start creating those connections. And if people hear the why behind your favorite superpower, the the place you want to be or your animal, then you can start making those connections. And all of a sudden, you're not just some little black square Mm -hmm. on a computer screen. Yep. Love it. Yeah. One of my absolute favorites. Yep. Another uh, thing to do is let people take ownership. So don't fall into the assumption that you as the manager or you as the person leading the meeting have to do all the talking. If you can give people ahead of time and say, hey, you know what, I'd like you to do a five minute presentation on what the sales team is doing at this meeting. Or, you know, I'd like you to do a 10 minute presentation on whatever, this new thing that some department has come up with that's really had results or something. But you can Give people ownership over a portion of the meeting, and that will get them to be more uh, engaged in the meeting. And so much less boring than Mm -hmm. you just sitting there droning on and on and on. Oh, should we talk about that? (laughs) Why not? Why 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 not? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we should not be in the same room. (laughs) That was really scary. (laughs) All right, so... Here's the thing. 
and everyone's out there going, yes, yes, we so agree. Um, if this is something where you are talking, 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 <laughs> um, this could have been an email. Yep. Right? Notice when something could have been an email and it didn't need to be a meeting because if you are just delivering information one way, there's absolutely no reason for that to be a meeting. I mean, certainly there may be some follow-up, there may be some questions or something like that, but that initial uh, spread of information or sharing of information, that can be done through an email. Then you can reach out assign people the different tasks, as Julie just mentioned. And then when you have the virtual meeting, each person has their own portion that they're going to bring to that for the meeting itself. So yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I just thought of another sort of icebreaker, I think that you have used, Tricia. You know, you can make it fun. So we want to make the meetings fun. So part of that is the icebreakers. But you can also do like, hey, for this one, we want you to bring your favorite coffee mug. I have done that you many, have? many, yes. many times. But it wasn't just coffee mug. It was mug, period. Maybe it was a wine glass. Maybe it was a shot glass. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, so, but if you do something like that, then there's got to be a story behind it. Yes. So you can get people to start sharing their stories and you can get them to connect on different levels than they typically would. Or again, you're trying to recreate the in-person experience yes. because there really are a lot of things that get lost when we are only communicating virtually and we're not in the same room. And so that's what we're, that's a big part of managing virtually is trying to recreate the in-person experience as much as possible. I, I think continuing along that, just so that people really understand what we're talking about, some of my favorite, favorite meetings have involved those bring that special item. And people have talked about, well, this was from my grandmother who's mm -hmm. no longer here or my mother or from this is from my children or, you know, and anything like that. Or, hey, I just love this because it reminds me when I was in Cabo. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, any of those things, again, it, it does, as Julie was saying, create that shared experience. Absolutely. So uh, this one's a little outside the box, but you can actually get physical Dream your physical, physical. <laughs> physical. Um, I want to get, no, physical. we're not going yep. there. We have to stop. Okay, so anyway, um, you know what? You're sitting at computers all day. You've got meeting after meeting after meeting. Take a little stretch break. Have everybody stand up and put some music on and do a little old dance. You know, dance it out. If you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, that was the big thing. You know, like we're going to dance it out. Uh, so just have people get up and be silly or do some stretches. Uh, there's like um, desk yoga where you oh, can do yes. some stretches to just kind of like get people moving. So that's a great way to just interject a little break and some fun in there as well. I'll have to say that in every class that I teach um, in person and virtual, I always encourage everyone to get up and stretch and move. Mm -hmm. I understand that sitting for that long, especially in these classes that we teach, so again, remember, our experience comes from these really, really long stretches. Yeah, yeah. So we're giving you all of this for just 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. Do you know that I had actually had someone start doing down 
dog in the middle of one of Brilliant. I, I, I had to say, though, I said, okay, look, stretching, a little bit of yoga, fine. But down dog, maybe okay. a little distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say it distracted everyone bit. in the room. <laughs> so, yes, we do want some yoga. Reach that arm across, stretch a little bit. Down dog, maybe not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One of the ones that I learned from Julie, um, Julie has done so many presentations as those who of you who know her, she's been invited to speak many, many times uh, for many different groups uh, throughout Ohio and throughout the country. One of my favorite things that I learned from her was interactive polls. And most of our meeting platforms allow us to conduct these polls. And I absolutely love them. You want to talk about a way to all of a sudden get someone go, oh, wait, what? You remember when you were sleeping in class or you were (laughs) passing notes or doing something doodling and the professor called on you and you were like, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) That's why these interactive polls are super, super fun. But they're also really cool because then you can engage your employees. You can talk to them about, and and then also, ooh, more importantly, you can see if the point that you're trying to get across has been missed. Mm-hmm. So I really, really love polls. Yeah. And I'll give you guys a um, tip for some software I recently found. It's called Slides with Friends and it is free. Mm. <laughs> and they free. they have like already pre-made five to 15 minute icebreakers no way. where they already have the questions made. It's a really fun format. People can do it from their phones or their computers, but they don't have to like make an account or log into anything. Uh, and that can be really, really fun because you can see instantaneous results. Uh, and you don't have to make it about whatever you're meeting about necessarily. Again, it's just kind of to get people Better engaged. To not to, and, don't you think? Hmm? Better to not make it about that. I would say initially, yes. Yeah. But then later you could have a poll if like to your oh, point, you want to see if uh, somebody was, if your point was getting across or if right. people agree with you. Um, and the nice thing about polls is most of the time you can make them anonymous. So if you are proposing an idea or, you know, something and you want to see what people really think about it and you're afraid that they won't actually tell you then you can do a poll and then you might get more some more honest feedback brilliant really like that yeah so those that can be really fun so again slides with friends there's also poll everywhere which is a free one Um, and as Trisha said a lot of time you can do it in teams you can do it in zoom you can do it in a lot of different video conferencing formats Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. So I think we pretty much covered virtual meetings, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think about any extras, and I think that pretty much covers it. So we want to talk a couple minutes about uh, managing in general. So if you have a 
completely remote workforce or you have a hybrid workforce where people are sometimes in the office, sometimes not in the office, there are some things that you need to think about. Um, So one, and I would say probably the most important is examining your own biases that you may have about people who work remotely. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are studies out there that show that the vast majority of people who work remotely are more productive than they were in the office. But managers and leadership, for whatever reason, continue to think that people who work remotely are slacking off and not working as hard as the people who are in the office. You're not in front of me. I can't see you working. Therefore, you're not. Right. So, you know, you have uh, managers who are like, well, I couldn't get a hold of them. So they must have been slacking off. They could have been in another meeting. They could have been focusing their time and working on a particular project. They could have been you know, doing any number of things. It doesn't mean they're slacking off, but there is sort of this sustained perception that people who work remotely are not working as hard as the people who are in the office. And I will say from personal experience from my lawyering days that when I needed to focus, I worked from home. Oh, 100%. Yeah. When I was in the office, it was an endless revolving door of people coming in and talking to me about stuff I didn't need to talk about. (laughs) Questions, check-ins. How you doing? Yep. 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 It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. So I think that's a really important piece is to examine your own biases first about why you think that people are slacking off, if you think that, uh, so that you can sort of temper that when you're trying to set expectations. And I'm going to let Trisha talk more about setting expectations with remote workers. Well, (laughs) with setting expectations with remote workers, I think one of the biggest things is what do you expect as far as hours go? Mm -hmm. Do you want them to be there a particular time period? Do they have to be there between seven and three, eight and four, nine to five, whatever your hours are? So knowing for the employee what those general expectations are as far as hours go, or do you not care? Is it, look, as long as you're getting your work done, if you want to work a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the evening, and this is going to be different for each of you, right? Because each of you have different um, platforms or or different uh, products, or maybe even just a different work environment altogether. Some of you, you may work with companies that are across the other side of the world. So, oh, thank goodness I have someone who wants to work from like 7 p.m. till whatever time, right? Um, But you need to have those, at least if you have core hours or a minimum hour that you want to see where they're signed in, you want to make sure that you're very, very explicit in what those times are and what that looks like for you. That would be the first thing that I would say um, as far as setting expectations. I would agree with that. And I would say like for an example, you could say our core hours are 10 to 4. And so between 10 and four, we expect you to respond within 10 minutes. 
unless you are in a meeting. And again, like if you're using some of these virtual platforms like Teams, you can see if somebody's in a meeting yep. uh, or unavailable. So, but you set those expectations, as Trisha was saying, that we expect you during these hours to be available, which means generally being able to respond within 10 minutes. It doesn't mean you have to give the absolute answer, but saying, I got your email, it's been received, I'm going to look into it. I think it'll take me an hour to get back to you or whatever the case may be. But if you set those expectations, then people know what is expected of them. I I think that's incredibly important is that one of the things that we as HR professionals, we as managers, we as employers, I don't think we do a very good job at setting expectations, right? No, we we just don't. <laughs> we don't let our employees know exactly what we're thinking. We just think that they're going to magically intuit somehow, which is really mind boggling if you think about it. Yeah. Like, how do we expect them to know if we don't tell them? So get it down in writing and let these people know what those basic hours are. I love the idea of core hours, mm-hmm. maybe anywhere from that five to six hour Mm -hmm. range, and then allowing them that extra couple of hours to um, be who they are. Mm -hmm. And remember that we all have family duties. We all have, you know what, I have to stop. For our people out there who cannot work virtually, I just want to say that I understand that this is frustrating for you. I really do want to stop and say that. I understand that for some of you, this topic is incredibly frustrating, but please understand that there are certain jobs where working from home makes sense. There are certain jobs where working from home doesn't really happen because you are either client facing or maybe you're working on um, a project where you have to physically be there, or maybe you're in like a manufacturing or a staffing environment or something like that where you have to be there. Please understand that we recognize and see you all as well. But for those of you who are in that virtual position, we do want to say that there are still ways where you can feel just as close or as tuned in. I don't know why, but all of a sudden that hit me. I just felt like I needed to say that. Yeah, it's a fair point. Well, and I think that that sort of leads into my next point, which is, Oftentimes we think that if we have a virtual workforce or a remote workforce, we don't have to check in as often. But the truth yes. is you have to check in more. More often. Yes, more often. So it again, what we lose by having virtual meetings is we lose that time where we just connect with people, where we ask them, how was your weekend? What's been going on with you? You know, what are you excited about? What are you doing this weekend? You know, those sorts of conversations don't happen as often. So we have to make the effort to make those conversations happen. And they can be fun, right? Absolutely. They don't have to be work-related, going nope. back to our earlier points. Yes. You can have, for your remote workforce, you can have 
a weekly check-in that is 15 minutes, maybe less. And maybe it is, again, it's coffee. Grab your favorite mug. Join me for coffee. I just want to find out what's going on with you. It doesn't, to Trisha's point, have to be anything work-related. You don't have to talk about projects or progress or goals or anything. It can just be, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to support you better? You know, are there any challenges you are facing, either work-related or personal, in your personal life? But just connecting with people and just sort of having those conversations. You can use some of the icebreakers that Trisha mentioned if you're not sure what to talk about. You can, uh, you know, just come up with something sort of on the fly and, and you know, ask a question about it. Uh, but just getting making sure that you make time to still make those connections and to really, again, truly connect with that person. This goes way back to several episodes ago when we talked about belonging. You want to make your people feel like they belong. And so you do that by caring about what they are interested in. And you have to make more of an effort with your remote workforce because they don't get as much interaction with you as the people who are in the office do. For those of you who are scared and you're like, I don't want to get involved in my employee's personal life. I don't want to like, I don't want to know because that just leads to drama. Well, I think of, do you remember the show New Amsterdam? Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Max Goodwin. How can I help? Mm-hmm. That is a question that we could all ask our employees. How can I help? What is it you're struggling with? What is it you need? Mm-hmm. Where is it that you think you need more education or more leadership training or more anything, right? Uh, one of the members in my class this week, Cisco, baby, this is <laughs> shout, shout out. out. <laughs> happy anniversary, by the way. <laughs> yes. Happy anniversary, Cisco. And I'm sorry, I don't know your wife's name, um, but if she's listening, you, I hope you guys had the most amazing anniversary. <laughs> uh, theirs was two days ago as uh, before mine. So ours is today. Theirs was two days ago. But Cisco, I was really impressed because he says that every, every month, he makes sure he reaches out to employees, like may, maybe not always the same employees, but he'll like pick certain employees that he hasn't talked to in a while. He'll he'll either make an effort to see them in person, hopefully for him, or but for those that you can't, you could also do it in, in virtual time, as we're saying right now, and just connect, mm-hmm. ask them what they need. How are you? What can I do to help? And his I love this, Cisco. I'm totally stealing this from you. What can I do to make you more successful? Ah, love it. How can I help you succeed? Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So this is what we want you, for those of you who are like, I'm not going to get personal with my employees. That's what you say. How can I help you succeed, Julie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, again, I'm a lawyer. Oh, uh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I have probably given this advice before, you I'm know. Pour more wine than that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. A lot of lawyers would, will tell you keep the emotion out of it, um, be more of a robot. You shouldn't know the personal details of your employees. And to some extent, that is true. Like, we don't want to get super involved in an employee's medical condition or, you know, some of the other things we've talked about in past episodes. But it's okay to know, 
how many kids they have, if they have any kids, what their interests are, you know, um, the big moments in their life, if they're celebrating anniversaries or birthdays or what accomplishments, if they just ran a marathon and it was their first one or it's their 26th one, you know, whatever the case may be, it's okay to learn that stuff about your employees. And even more than being just okay, it's really important because that's how you make employees feel like they belong. I was just about to say belonging, belonging, belonging. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. Like that is really, if you show you care, if you bring the human back into human resources, boom, boom, boom. And you bring the human back into managing, that's how you show your employees that you care. And as much as lawyers have in the past said that you don't want to do that, I have actually found that when you remove humanity from the process or it appears that you do not care Mm -hmm. about the individual, you are far more likely to get sued or to get an EEOC charge or to have something happen after that person's employment has ended Because they don't feel like you treated them the way that you should have treated them. You mean like as a human? As a human. Golden rule plus. Golden rule plus. For those of you who are wondering what that means, go check out previous episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You like that shameless plug? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for those of you who don't feel like doing that, it's treat, not (laughs) only treat others like you would want to be treated, but treat them how they want to be treated. By you. Remember, this isn't just about your experiences. This is about their experiences as well. We've all had different experiences. They shape who we are, how we think, the way we perceive the world. And the way I perceive it, the way you perceive it, the way Julie perceives it is not going to be the same. So we really want to think outside of ourselves so that we make sure that everyone does feel valued. Oh, here we go again. And heard. And respect it. And appreciate it. And appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) So managing virtually can be tough. We understand that. But whether it is just because of meetings or whether you are reaching out on the daily, you have to understand that it's all about connection. Mm -hmm. Everything and anything that you do is going to bridge that gap between, say, management and employees. Every time and any time you can do that, you're going to be successful. Yep. Connections and relationships. That's what the game is all about. Yep. And the better you are at building those, the better you are going to be as a manager and as an HR professional. And one more thing on that note, let's talk about the fact that if you have those relationships ahead of time, If you've built them, people know who you are as a human being. If you happen to say something that maybe doesn't settle quite right with them, they're going to know who you are. They're not going to automatically assume that, oh, well, they're out to get me or they want to hurt me or they hate me or whatever the million things are that people can assume from a negative perspective. They're going to say, you know what? That person's having a bad day. I'm going to give them grace and assume that that is not what they meant. If you don't have that relationship, they're not going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have given you a lot of tips. Yeah. 
on uh, how to manage your remote workforce and your virtual meetings. And we hope that you have found them helpful and we hope you try them out. And more than that, we hope you tell us how they worked. (laughs) And if, by the way, if anyone has any suggestions, please do not feel uh, scared or hesitant or whatever to say like, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that. Reach out and tell us because in one of our upcoming episodes, we can always say, hey, shout out to our friend that let us know about this, this, and this. What a great idea. And so we'll pass it along to everyone else to make sure that they benefit from your wisdom as well. Love it. Okay, but you know what happens next. We got to get back to the wine. So Trish, you have any more thoughts? No, just that that I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I'm not sure I have additional thoughts either, but let me take another sip. I mean, just really delicious. Yeah, it's just very nice. Both of them. I don't know how to say it better than So Bordeaux's are a very nice choice if you are not feeling something for the reds as tanniny not really a word but i'm gonna go with it i totally get what you mean though Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a cab um but maybe a little bit more robust than say a like a pinot noir pinot noir yes yeah uh this sort of lands right in the middle and for the white Bordeaux, it lands somewhere between a Pinot Grigio and an unoaked Chardonnay. I was just about to say unoaked. <laughs> Perfect. So I did try hers. I'm not going to lie. I had a sample. Yep. <laughs> so those are our wine recommendations. Uh, as always, if you have wine recommendations, we want to hear them. We will Please. test them out. We'll give you a shout out. Uh, as we do. And um, of course, if you if this is your first time joining us or you found this to be really helpful or entertaining or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, (laughs) please, please share with your friends and let them know that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts. Yeah, please do. For those of you who haven't yet, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in for our next episodes because you never know where we will be (laughs) or what we will be talking about. Cheers. Cheers.